You're listening to theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Welcome to the Travel Show. It's a podcast full of hints and tips for travellers of all ages travelling to all places. It's all about getting out and having much more fun. Welcome once again to The Travel Show on the Outdoor Station, a podcast which looks at all the practical aspects of overseas travel, be it gap year, sabbaticals, or simply extended long-term breaks for whatever the reason. Now, we all know that travelling can be expensive, so wouldn't it be great to reach that perfect balance of travelling and possibly being paid for at the same time? Or at least knowing that whatever you're doing is taking you towards a new career and you're having a little bit of fun along the way. In this podcast, we look at three companies which may give the more commercially-minded folks an idea of what is out there. For those of graduate age, we speak to Matthew Rogers at HotRecruit.com, and he tells of some of the work options available overseas for those who are struggling to get on their chosen career path here. And there are some who are more brave than others, of course, and who may be looking for a more adventurous lifestyle. In which case, why not take a leap of faith with Stuart Belbus from the Fly Gap Academy? But first, let's have a look at the ever-expanding market in China. We all know it's rapidly growing and impacting on most areas of the world. Daniel Niven of ChinaRecruitment.com is actively looking for people who want to work in China and earn money whilst getting to grips with the people, the language and the culture. You have to admit, it's an experience which could open all kinds of employment doors in the very near future. We think China's the place to be at the moment. Um, it's expanding rapidly, it's opening up. 15, 20 years ago, you, couldn't have, you weren't allowed in. 20 years later, you've got these massive big cities, you've got the Beijing Olympics, they're starting to play football, they're even starting to play cricket. Um, we think China's really the place to be and now's the place to get there. So we're offering jobs as English teachers out in China. So is it particularly um, people who are interested in being teachers or that's their career they want to do that you're interested in or just anybody of any age? Uh, it's pretty much anybody. I mean, I went out there myself and I, di I, was, I didn't want to be a teacher, but I got there. The kids were so warming to me. It was, it was pretty rewarding doing it. Um, and, you know, from that I, I became quite involved in education, to be honest. So anybody really, if you want to be a teacher, that's great. Uh, it'll help you on the career. It'll help you on your road. Um, but if not, if you just want an experience but want to really get to know the culture and earn, earn, a, earn a few quid while doing it, this is, this is a really good way to do it. Well, I should imagine the word earn suddenly made somebody's ears prick up there who, who might be listening to this. Um, it seems to be slightly unusual that you actually take people out and, and give them jobs or get them jobs straight away. Uh, obviously, that uh, offsets their, their cost of living. Give me an idea of what we're talking about money-wise so people don't get too carried away. Okay, you should get carried away. It's uh, it's a thousand pounds was what we charge, but for that you get your flight included. So that's quite a chunk of it. You get free accommodation, which is all right actually. It's uh, it's Western style accommodation. You get a, a Western toilet, not a Chinese toilet, which is important. Um, and you get free Chinese lessons, and you get a salary of four thousand Chinese yuan, uh, which translates into three about three hundred quid which might not sound amazing by English standards, 
but in China that's a lot because you, know, you can get a pretty decent meal, bowl of noodles for kind of 5p and you can get DVDs for 40p and bring back as many as you can basically. Okay, well, that sounds like quite a reasonable deal compared to sort of some of the uh, offerings from, from Gapier companies. So, so it's £1,000 to, to um, go through you, uh, and then you obviously cover your costs. So in some respects, you've actually come out not having spent that much money at all. Yeah, actually, you can save money. I mean, two things happen. You can either come back with, with a few hundred pounds from, from your time there, or you can invest that into travelling around China. I, personally, I, I did the same. I went, I went all the way down to Tibet and spent a few weeks over in Tibet and you know it, that was pretty worth the money that I'd spent but I didn't lose anything um, so yeah you can either make or, or put it into further travel well as we were saying a bit earlier on China is, a, is obviously a, a booming economy and uh, they're going to uh, certainly be involved on the world stage in an even greater commercial uh, level than they are at the moment um, I should imagine, I mean, I would be fascinated to do something like this because the skill in actually interacting and understanding the Chinese people and what's, what go, goes into their way of thinking as well as actually understanding the language would surely be of great benefit for anybody who's got any sort of future commercial interest which might involve China. Definitely. Um, I mean, business with China is going to become massive. They're already starting to take over in, in England and in America and stuff, so that's massive. And, and the business culture is really, really different between the two. Uh, little things like handing out presents when you get there is important. Uh, not putting your chopsticks in the rice because uh, that's the sign of kind of sacrifice and stuff. All these little things. If you can pick up these little tips while you're there, it's going to put you in really good stead. You know, in five, ten years' time, if you start when we start seeing more and more Chinese in the business world. Um, you were saying it was two years ago you went through yourself. Yeah, I did. The, did it myself. Uh, and how long has the company been going now? It's only been going two and a half years. So. Oh, right, so you so you came in at the, uh, right yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, excellent. And, and what sort of relationship do people tend to have with China after they've uh, gone uh, gone there with you? Mm -hmm. we, we're we're pretty sure that you're going to be impressed by China, and you're going to stick with China. Um, there are so many opportunities there. A lot of people stay out there. Actually, um, they do the teaching. They realise actually life is pretty good. Uh, they sometimes find a boyfriend or girlfriend out there. Um, they're quite rich. They're it sounds, I don't know if it sounds bad, but they're, you're, it's like you're kind of idolized out there. You know, you're a foreigner, you, your people are interested in you, they want to hear about you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people are pretty impressed by the place and all. Is there any sort of security issues or health issues that people should be concerned about with something like China? Because it's something we never hear about, but I've got to ask the question. Uh, you, you, you have to have injections before you go, but pretty standard injections uh, for health purposes. But safety, it's surprisingly safe. As, again, as a foreigner, they, the government makes sure that you're well looked after. They really, it's really important. The government's strong and pretty strict on the Chinese, but for a foreigner, you know, you're, you're in the best position you could possibly be in. And you can, you can walk the streets of Beijing. I'm from Manchester myself, and I feel a, a lot safer in Beijing than Manchester. What um, number of people have you had uh, use the service and, and actually go over there? Mm -hmm. We've had over 300 people so far in, in quite a short space of time, and it's, it's growing. Uh, I think it's a pretty good deal. People, people are, get, seem to be interested in China. Uh, China is the place to be. Uh, so it's getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Does this activity happen uh, all the way through the year, or do you have a sort of seasonal way you do this? It can happen all the way through the year. We're, the Chinese are very flexible with these things, but most commonly we send people at February um, or in the summer for a summer placement or in September, and each placement can last either two months, six months, or a year. Um, and then if you want to renew it, if you really like it, you can normally stay on. So.
And is it fairly easy for them to, to travel on around China from, from there if they want to? Yeah. Uh, Travelling in China is an experience. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people cramming onto trains. Uh, uh, but it's fun. It's amazing to do. Uh, this, I mean, it's such so diverse from the north to the south. Kind of, You've got tropical rainforests in the south. Uh, in the north, it's kind of mountainous and cold. I mean, travelling in China is uh, amazing. It's worth doing. So um, I'm really interested, okay? So I was interested to do something like this. Uh, you haven't said whereabouts in China I'd be going and um, what sort of school I'd be teaching at and, yeah. and so on. So tell me more about uh, what you'd be uh, offering to me. Sure. In, in the application form, we, we ask you to specify, would you want us... We give you three choices, rural China, uh, middle China, kind of these smallish, medium cities, or big cities, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou. Um, and it's, it's basically up to you. Personally, I, I, I did rural China. Um, and it's, it's, it's pretty unique. You get there, uh, you're the only Westerner they've ever seen, ever, ever seen. You're the only white face they've ever seen. And, and you're in, um, you wander around the streets and the whole street goes quiet. They all stare, they all turn around at you. I had one guy running over and t- touching my skin. Uh, he'd never seen a white guy before. And, and sometimes they laugh, they get nervous, the girls start giggling and, and hiding away. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it has to be seen to be relieved, but they're so warm and welcoming. They take you into their house, they'll invite you for dinner. Um, I didn't speak a word of Chinese, so it was all sign language, but you know, they, they brought out their best cutlery and food and stuff. It's, uh, the people are incredible. And by rural China, what are we talking about as regards population of a, is it a village we're talking about, or even smaller than that? Uh, it, it can be both, uh, pretty much a village. I mean, there are people around. China everywhere, there's people. So even in the countryside, there are you know there are quite a lot of people around. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit built up. You've got like little kind of mini restaurants and stuff, and. Uh, there's always a little park kind of thing nearby where all the young people go. I mean, it's not too remote. It's not like you're in the wilderness or anything, but it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's and, and how does that compare to Middle China, then? Middle China, I mean, by English terms, it, it's, we're talking about a city with like a million or two million people, which sounds massive here, but for there, that's, that's a little kind of town. That's, that's small in China. Um, middle China... There's maybe 50, 100 Westerners out there, so they're still pretty shocked to see you. You still get the stairs, but it's not, it's not quite as bad. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's other Westerners out there. You might get a KFC if you're lucky, maybe a McDonald's as well if you're pushing it. Uh, that's kind of, that's middle China. Final question would be, um, what sort of... Um do you find that there is a certain element, certain age range of people doing this project through you, uh, and they choose a certain type of thing? Do, I mean, do the young people go straight to the big city, or do they actually surprise you by wanting to go more rural? I'm surprised. It's the young ones who want the rural. From what I found, the youngsters want to go into rural China. They really want to live the tough life. The older ones, the career break ones, they all want to go to Shanghai, Beijing, and, and shop and and bring DVDs back and stuff. It's, it's, the, it's the younger guys who impress me, to be honest. And they're, and they're very good at it. The kids love them, they love it, uh, and it seems to work out. Uh, so people that have been, then, the younger people that have been, have they come back and actually chosen a career, do you think, uh, where they've actually interacted with the Chinese uh, commercial industry? Yeah. Uh, we've had a couple who have gone on to do Chinese at uni, uh, which is great. You know, that's, that they're really getting involved. Uh, and there are a couple who have, you know, we, we, we emphasise learning Chinese out there and we help you with that. And there are a couple who have come back and they've got, you know, got jobs working with China or working in teaching as well, yeah. 
So that's all about China. Now, what about、um, graduates that may be wanting to get onto their chosen career path sooner rather than later, but could be having problems currently with the UK employment market establishing an initial foothold? What about working overseas, getting some experience, and getting paid for it to boot? I asked Matthew Rogers、uh, from HotRecruits.com if they could help graduates in this situation. Yep, definitely. You can come onto our website, hotrecruit.com, and you'll find a, a multitude of vacancies for that. Whether it be going abroad to、um, be a ski instructor, to work in a ski resort, you can further your development with things like going to go to South America to work in radio stations and all sorts of different projects like that. And obviously, that's helping you get a foot in the door for if you come back to this country and things like that. So. Definitely, we've got a multitude of vacancies that aren't particularly volunteer. We do have the volunteer as well, but if you're looking for actual proper paid work abroad, we we can do that as well. So, do you find then that the majority of the people using your services have, have just graduated and perhaps struggling to get their their first foot on the on the、uh, through the door of, of their chosen career, and they, they they find this as a good way to t- combine a bit of travelling in with a bit of、uh, a bit of experience with their chosen career? Yeah, definitely.、Um, uh, Large, large number of、um, our candidates are obviously just recently graduated or just at that stage before they go to university.、Um, having said that, a lot of people、um, who are already settled in their job think, you know, take a bit of a career break or looking for a different direction. We cater for those also. So,、um, yeah, it's it, like you say, a, a lot of people looking to travel, work whilst they're doing that,、um, but not to say that you can't have a bit of a career break, go for a different direction either. So,、uh, ideal then for somebody who's、uh, doing, as I say, starting out perhaps on the career, but also for somebody who's already in a career, and they're thinking, well, I want to just stretch my wings again, but I don't want to lose my continuum、uh, of experience in this particular area.、Exactly. And obviously, presumably, they can pick some other skills up from another country and bring them back home. Exactly, exactly. I mean, a lot of companies.、Um Sports, sabbaticals, things like that. You can go、um, go abroad, just learn different skills. You're going to be、um, more strings to your bow, which is great for any company, really. So, yeah, absolutely. We have、um, projects like internships. We've got companies offer、um, you can go abroad to North America, Canada, New Zealand, Australia, and work in you know a company like your own, things like that. So it's just furthering yourself, really. Excellent. So, what's the actual name of that website that people should look at for that information? For that, it's、um, going to be hotrecruit.com and also、um, gapyearjobs.com. Okay. Now, there's a, there's a list of websites here that are all interlinked with each other. So, just give me a bit more of an overview because I think students listening to this that might now seriously be considering about their their first. Proper career work, as it were.、Uh, I think there would be something am- amongst all these websites for their interest for them. Sure. I mean,、um, for starters, we have justjuststudents.com and .co.uk.、Um, that's obviously when you when you're wanting to go on your gap year,、um, you can go to gapyearjobs.com, find out what you want to do, where you want to go. But、um, invariably, you're going to have to get some money together for that. Just just for students is perfect for that. It's、um, Part-time work, temporary work,、um, all sorts of things.、Um, bar waiting. I mean, at the moment you could work as Santa's helper in a grotto somewhere, just trying to, you know, get those extra funds together. And also, that's a great site to come back to if you're on your gap year and you you, you have to come back to England at some stage and think, right, well, I want to get off again.、Um, in the meantime, let's go on and 
find some jobs um, in England, basically. Um, so that's great for that. Obviously, we've got adventure jobs at co.uk. That's um, great for qualified um, instructors, whether it be sailing, skiing, snowboarding, diving, things like that, or working in those such resorts. Um, you know, that's uh, very specialised as well. So if you have those qualifications, you want to go abroad and, you know, work on, on board a yacht somewhere or a ski resort or be a paddy diver instructor or learn those skills as well, we can cater for that. So, um, and hotrecruit.com, that's obviously the um, sort of more generous, which covers all three of those. Um, at the show today, there's obviously a whole variety of young people as much as uh, their parents in many cases. Um, have you had a good response from them? Yeah, definitely. They've all been uh, taking our web cards and things. Some actually logging onto the site and uh, registering whilst they're here. Um, so, yeah, quite a, quite a good response. And some of them seeing things that they never thought that um, they could do and like going over to Mexico and volunteering, helping sort of save turtles and things like that. So, yeah, it has been good and um, getting a lot of uh, lot of interest from it. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile just clarifying that you are slightly different from the, the other people that you do support that do the volunteer projects. Uh, this is much more, uh, or that particular site is actually targeted at people who want to start working properly, as it were, uh, and perhaps getting their foot in the door. I just wanted to re-emphasise that. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, as you say, people that do want to get their foot in the door, they can go abroad, they can, uh, like I was saying to you, work abroad, getting the skills that maybe aren't available to them here or as available to them here, they can go abroad and get those skills and come back and obviously get their foot in the door, like you say, yeah. yeah prepared to actually exactly. join, join a larger community. Exactly, exactly, completely right. I noticed on the stand that you've uh, you've got various bits of uh, brochures and uh, and so on. Is that all connected with this? It is. It is. As I say, um, we try to almost handhold um, people through right through from the age of sixteen when they might be finished their GCSEs, looking for a part-time job, so their gap year job going abroad if they want to learn to be an instructor, right through to um, when they actually want to take the big step and get a graduate graduate placement somewhere. Um, we do have a, a website, thegraduate.com, and um, very much supported by an offline publication we work with a lot of the FTSE 100s um, got uh, city management law IT and technology um, and those are all distributed around universities around the country and um, great information about the graduate programs when they start how to apply uh, best ways of writing a CV and things like that so we're very much about taking the uh, the candidate right from their first experience and almost hand-holding them right the way through to their first real proper graduate position. Yeah, excellent. And the, a lot of stands have been talking about the, the grey market, the sort of grown-up gap as the more mature end. Um, obviously, the word graduate doesn't tend to imply to them, but I suppose it does apply to a few of them. Do you get many of the more mature people wanting to take their skills, perhaps at the end of their career in the UK, further afield? Yep. Definitely. We have uh, actually quite a lot of um, people that uh, come onto the site. They're, as you say, either coming towards the end of their career or they're halfway through and think, you know, is this right for me? Let's try something else. And we do get a lot of those through and we, you know, purposely try and market to those as well. We don't just sort of sit in the young person's market. So, yeah, we get a lot of those coming through to the site and... Um, going for you know graduate jobs as well they can go back to uni get their qualifications and things like that a lot of people are doing that now and they're obviously relevant to go and get the graduate jobs and the graduate placement so yeah definitely 
For the more adventurous sabbatical or gap year activity, why not take to the skies and pick up a qualification and possibly a long-term job in the process? Now, is it time in your life to take a leap of faith and see where the four winds take you with Stuart Belbus and the Fly Gap Academy? What we do is uh, we teach people to paraglide. So it's a paragliding course. And people come to us as a complete beginner, having never flown before in their lives. And they learn how to fly a paraglider, and they get a pilot license for that. But what we also do during our gap year project is it's an eight-week course, and we teach people how to actually instruct as well, and they finish with an instructor rating. Okay, so that instructor rating, when they finish with it then, does that last forever, or do they have to top that up? It lasts forever. It's uh, recognized worldwide as well, so they can carry on their gap year and be quite employable. And it's a grade one instructor rating, which means that they can teach within another school, but not necessarily set up their own school until they have their grade two. Okay. Um, what sort of people do you find uh, that, that come to you? What sort of age group? What sort of background? You'd be amazed. Um, on the whole, I'd say younger people, but we have everything. I've taught someone who was 70 years, years old before. Um, girls and boys alike, and the age group is completely very diverse. We have career breakers as well as gap year students from school. And uh, what's, the, what's your safety history like? Because that's going to be the first question most people ask. Uh, the great thing about this sport is people consider it as a, as a dangerous sport because of the height we're flying at. But the great thing is, is that we're governed by the civil aviation authorities, which means that we're considered like another trans airline transport, that kind of thing. And so what we have to go through every year to make sure that our teaching standards and our equipment is up to safety standards is very, very intense. And so as a result, the safety side of things seems to be incredibly high. Well, that's, that's good to hear. Now, the, uh, you said it's an eight-week course based in Switzerland. That's right. Um, just give me an idea that I booked on the course and I came to you. When does the season start or isn't there a sort of particular time, time of year? And, uh, you know, what sort of accommodation would I have? Okay, well, uh, the courses that we run for the Gap Year Projects are in the summer. So we run two courses back-to-back. -back. One is from June and July and then another one August and September. So both eight weeks. And the accommodation, is we have a lodge in the centre of Verbier. Uh, which sleeps up to 20 people. Uh, usually we have 10 per course, but the lodge caters for that many people. Uh, it's all uh, catered, so breakfast and dinner, and then at lunchtime we usually stop in cafes and stuff and grab some sandwiches. Okay, now um, obviously the next question is going to be what sort of price are we talking about, bearing in mind people will be listening to this in, in 2007, uh, and what does that in, in, um, encapsulate? Uh, the price for the eight-week course is £5,900, and that includes fl flights to Switzerland, airport transfers, all the accommodation at the lodge and the food, and, of course, the actual course and equipment, all the transport within the mountain area, so whether it's by cable car or our minibuses, everything's included in that. Now, I heard you say then that they go on afterwards and you sort of provide them with, well, is it employment or are they an agent for you and, uh, with your skills? Uh, we can sometimes employ people. We have one of our instructors at the moment who was a former student. She did a really good course, qualified very well, and is now working for us this year. Uh, but if not, we have a lot of contacts worldwide with other schools, very well-recognized schools, whether it's in New Zealand, around Europe, in the States. And we are very good at finding people work placements. So once they've done a course with us, we can recommend them and find them usually a school to get a job in somewhere else in the world. Uh, and how long have you actually been going? We've been going now for five years, although I've been actually teaching for 12 years. Okay, uh, and what do you find people actually go on to do after they've, they've done the course? Because obviously there's a few that do the teaching, but do people carry, carry on as a, as a passion, as a hobby? I'd say most people carry on as a passion and a hobby. There are a few people who I do know of who have gone on and actually made it a profession of theirs. Um, most people definitely carry on and it 
becomes a passion of theirs. A few people just want to have done it, and then once they've done it, you find that they don't do it so much. But I'd say 90% of people carry on and become passionate about it. Uh, and just to give me an idea, has there been much of a change over the last few years as regards the type of people, the, the age range and the background, uh, or is it all still consistently a certain sort of age range? No, I'd say really there hasn't been a lot of change in the people doing it. It's always been very unpredictable, all ages. Like I said, I've taught older people and very young people. Uh, legally, you have to be 16 to do it. Uh, but I haven't really seen a change in the type of people doing it. Excellent. Well, um, the final thing would be predictions for next year and beyond. Are you going to expand the, the, the range of activities you offer, or are you keeping solely to this? We'll always be think, I think we'll always be doing just paragliding courses. During our courses, we offer a lot of extra activities which we organise for our students, just to keep it diverse. Summer skiing, downhill mountain biking, whitewater kayaking and rafting, all that kind of thing we always offer. But the actual courses that we do, um, this is what we specialise in, this is what I'm qualified in doing, and this, I think, is the only course that we will run. So there's no diversity, people aren't going to get concerned that your, your attention is going to go elsewhere? No, definitely not. Excellent. Uh, and because it looks such a cool thing to do, uh, just, just give us an idea of what the actual lifestyle is like of somebody who, who does this as a, as a hobby and the people they mix with, because I should imagine they do mix with mountain bikers and mountaineers and it's a, it's a different sort of uh, background or different sort of activity perhaps than they might find in, in, in London. Absolutely. I find that these kind of sports definitely make you meet a lot of people either doing the same sport or, as you said, lots of other sports that are related to it. We find a lot of people who do this sport make a lot of friends with kitesurfing type of people. It's all very kind of related. And although it's not a good place, London isn't a good place to do it, we find a lot of our students being English come back to the UK and carry on flying in the UK. Nearest to London, I think, is Brighton. There's very good places to fly, but all over the country, there's very good places to fly. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this show. My thanks to my guests, Daniel Niven of china-recruitment.co.uk, Matthew Rogers at hotrecruits.com, and Stuart Belbus at flygap.com. Their links, of course, will be on the show notes on theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Now, if you have any time, do drop us a line with any feedback, suggestions or comments to info at theoutdoorstation.co.uk. Well, as you sit there with thousands of others listening to this, commuting on the train, bus or car, I wonder, does any of this get you thinking? Hmm. Well, until next time, folks, sweet dreams and safe travels. program has been brought to you by the outdoor station the exciting new way to see and hear free information about the outdoors world if you're a blogger or if you have a website you can now incorporate any of these podcasts directly to your site completely free visit our website theoutdoorstation.co.uk for more information